2: Welcome to The Good Intention Show, coming to you live on the UI Radio Network. The Good Intention Show is sponsored by the United Intentions Foundation at unitedintentions.org, a virtual community where you learn to create, track, and manifest your passions one intention at a time. Look for us on Blog Talk, Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and many more. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram under United Intentions and on Twitter at Higher Intention. Yes, this is the Good Intention Show, where you will meet people who live life intentionally and hear about things they're not telling you in the mainstream media. And now... Here is the Truth Seeker, the Snake Charmer, a legend in his own mind, broadcasting live all over the universe. Your host, Mr. Tim Ray. All right. Welcome to
1: 2020. I am Tim Ray, your host of The Good Intention Show, all on the U.I. Media Network. And do we have a show for you today, breaking in the new year. How about psychedelic drugs and a better health care? Who would have ever thunk? Well, we have an expert today, a transformational coach and a psychedelic integration coach, Greg Lawrence, be telling us how maybe doing psychedelic drugs may actually enhance our lives. Wow. Timothy we see Leary's back? What's going on? This is... 2020 guys so much more to come we're gonna hear all about it today so stay tuned start sharing this right now i uh, also say hello to our fm listeners to 99.1 as well as our youtube listeners as well we have so many different venues now that we're going off on spotify um of course we're on binge, we're on smart tvs this is going to be an incredible year guys so stay tuned so much more to share and please get this sharing right now you're going to want to hear this information because it may just blow your mind literally so, more to come. Guys, what do we have coming up here? We have coming up Awaken Atlanta tomorrow morning, a hot topic. A topic on racism and race. What's going on? Biden conquers at the agenda. Are we falling for it? Maybe we are. You can hear about it with Shannon and myself tomorrow morning on Awaken Atlanta, 6 30 a.m. Meet us and greet us and have some fun with us. Also, we have the Bay Summit coming up here, here local in. In Georgia, actually at Avalon, which you're familiar with, Georgia, North, north uh, Fulton County. Uh, the base summit on January 25th at the new Avalon Hotel, Fancy Dancing Hotel. We're going to be interacting with beauty influencers and wellness warriors. So hear more about that coming up here. We'll be sharing information if you want to come out and meet us. We'll be there live from the studio. Uh, on top of that, we have a new, brand new show starting this, uh, what's it starting? Uh, January 30th, I think, at 4 p.m. Jackie, uh, Jacqueline Grunge, She's going to be called the Mensa, the Mensa Live. It's all about reviews you can use, uh, from heating to whatever it may be, healthcare. Uh, it's going to be really fascinating to show. You're going to love her. She's a great great uh, host, and uh, so much more information coming in. Wow, are your minds blown yet? Are you, really, uh, are you really that excited about the new year? I am. So much more is to come, and this is something you will be able to use, not just on our different shows, but take it back and integrate it in your own lives. And we have one other thing I do want to mention. I don't think um, uh, you have seen yet, why he, but I know this is going to be pretty excited about. And that is the wake-up hour is being revised. It's coming on back. And it is all about waking people up, to what's going on in our reality. Although a lot of us are zombies, we stick our heads in the sand. But that's coming, and we have it start with our new series called Frequency Wars. Uh, we've, been recording, nice. yeah, we've been recording high interviews. Guess with who? David Icke, right? Uh, David Wilcock, of course, and all the other folks out Ancient Aliens. Uh, we have um, even more coming on uh, with our, uh, Riz Ver that we're all living in a simulation. This is one big giant computer game. Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah come on. I'm really pumped up for that. Alright, so, without further ado guys, let's bring in our very special guest, Greg Lawrence. He's a psychedelic integration and transformational coach, um, and he teaches people how to integrate psychedelic drugs for a better view. Ah! Come on! I can't make this stuff up. Let's find out how it works. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year. 2020 to you and, uh, and yeah. all your friends out there in L.A. So Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, this is a great hot topic because, you know, uh, you, you think of psychedelic drugs, the first thing that comes into uh, people's minds is the 60s, okay? And then they think of, you know, the Beatles and the, and the drug scene and the Timothy Leary's and all these things. Um, and it was, you know, I, I go back to my own personal life, you know, growing up in the 70s and the 80s. And, you know, it, there was no measurement. There was no, uh, you know, uh, sitting down and this is, an ex- this is uh, something that you're going to with psychedelic drugs, learn how to become a better you. It was more like, hey, I just want to get the hell, you know, distract myself and just have a fun time, right? And that's been use- most of the uses of this type of drugs, at least from a uh, societal perspective. But you say different, Greg. You say actually there's science behind this for health Yeah, there is.
3: Psychedelics are being used to treat uh, depression, PTSD, OCD, anxiety. They're helping people with – a good friend of mine was part of the MAP study on treating PTSD due to life-threatening conditions. Um, They're helping people with end-of-life anxiety. There's a very interesting documentary on work that's being done at New York University where people who have terminal conditions are – using psychedelics to help them deal with the fact that they'll be dying soon. Huh.
1: So, you know, I guess when you look at it from that perspective, uh, you know, what do we do with cancer patients or people with serious chronic illnesses? We put them on pharmaceutical drugs. Just one's yeah. considered illegal, let's say, one's considered legal. Is that how you determine yes. them?
3: Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, you know, and ironically, which one's closer to Mother Nature? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I think it's psychedelics. Yeah. I probably agree. Now, psychedelic, give us a list of what you consider psychedelic drugs.
3: Uh, the most common psychedelics you hear about are, of course you hear about psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. You hear about LSD. You hear a lot about ayahuasca, San Pedro, peyote, mescaline, and, you know, then you start talking about things like N,N-DMT and 5-MEO-DMT, a lot of different psychedelics
1: that people use. Right. Well, that's a big range there. And, uh, it, se- and it seems like, it seems like um, if they, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here, if they really helped people and, and, you know, solved and helped with whatever chronic illnesses, whatever going on in the life, depression, uh, why wouldn't Big Pharma already be using them? Why aren't they using them to sell make money?
3: Well, unfortunately for them, you can't patent nature. Ah. So there is currently, you know, there are clinical trials going on. There are stage three clinical trials, trials being conducted by maps, the multidisciplinary association association for psychedelic science for treatment of PTSD for veterans uh, using MDMA. MDMA, although known as ecstasy or a party drug, you know right. MDMA yeah. is in ecstasy, but MDMA is known as a party drug, um, is known as a heart opener. It's technically an empathogen, not a hallucinogen, but it's extremely effective for treating uh, PTSD. Right. No kidding. Now, since that's happening, they're isolating. You know, they're trying to isolate uh, MDMA, and they're you know MDMA is going to be used in a medical model, which means that hopefully within a few years, because these are phase three trials. A psychiatrist would be able to prescribe you MDMA to use for treatment of PTSD.
1: Fascinating. And so this is more coming out. I mean, but it almost as if these psychedelic drugs were way before being used, before even big pharma's, you know, antidepressants, anti-anxiety drugs and all these other things. It seems like they were there being used, but now we're, they're kind of resurfacing and, or they're, they're finally being taken more serious. Because you're micro, you're microdosing all the time now, uh, anyway, Yeah, you know. there
3: is definitely a psychedelic renaissance going on. But almost every civilization for thousands of years has had some sort of plant measure, uh, plant medicine, or visionary plant that they've used in some ceremonial uh,
1: setting. Right. All right. So fair enough. Uh, and and just perhaps you you would say because of lack of science or lack of taking the drug seriously, uh, they probably hasn't been. Um, Experiments done to see the effectiveness of it, or at least measurable, like they do in certain, you know, scientific method pro- uh, programs they have, like Big Pharma has.
3: Well, most things were made Schedule One. Most hallucinogens were made Schedule One in the late '60s, early
1: '70s. Okay, so you couldn't get, you couldn't touch them.
3: Yeah, so there, there, that's been declared by the United States government that there is no redeeming value in these substances, so there is no reason to do research for them.
1: Okay, so real quick here, before we get into the effects of the drugs and how it works and what people can do uh, for common ailments and issues. Uh, so you're, you're, you're basically saying that this schedule. can you explain the schedules? Could you get schedule one, schedule two, whatever, explain the schedules. And then you're saying that they were labeled schedule one. So then there was no research or couldn't been done research by our government because it was, it was deemed not to be effective.
3: Yeah. There was actually before that time, since the 1950s, a vast amount of, re- well, I wouldn't say vast, but there was a lot of research being done with psychedelics. Um, you know, there was a famous experiment just before the scheduling happened where engineers, mathematicians, and scientists were asked to come in with problems they were having, uh, that they hadn't been able to solve for a long time. I believe they were administered LSD, and a lot of them solved those problems. So there was evidence that LSD or psychedelics could actually help us improve the world, even in this, con- even in this context. Uh-huh. And there were a lot of studies done with people with different conditions in the 1950s and 1960s.
1: So once it once it went on schedule one by our government, it just lost its uh, potential uh, experiments of actually helping people. All research was actually shut down at that time. <laughs> kind of like with marijuana, it was taken out of our medical model, but now it's kind of resurging, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this this is right up my alley. Sounds very conspiratory, uh, or at least uh, on the sense. And do you do you consider it more so uh, the big pharma the government influences of the big pharma? Uh, shut it down or put it to schedule one uh, because they couldn't make money off it.
3: Um, I think that might be part of it, but I actually think that, you know, a big part of it was people burning their draft cards and saying, I'm not going to go to a foreign country and kill people for you. (laughs) You can't have a society like we have today and have people not, you can't have a military where people aren't willing to serve. You can't have people walking off the battlefield, which is what they
1: were doing in Vietnam at the time. Right. Well, and plus, you know, the same games keep being played. Hello, Iran. So, um, with uh, with this information, so that's working against us now. Uh, why now? Why is there a resurgence? How is how this happening? Is this a ground level movement, or is this something that's uh, being manipulated behind the scenes by our by big farmer or, i.e., the government?
3: You know, the MAP studies have made uh, MDMA studies, they've made the the value of psychedelics more prominent. There are a few studies that were approved, like the NYU end-of-life anxiety studies. So psychedelics have been coming into our consciousness more and more. As they have, more people have been talking about them. You know, I host integration circles and we have new people coming every month, coming to ask about and talk about psychedelics. Uh, Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, had a big influence on this and has brought, brought a lot of people into the fold and made a lot of people curious about the therapeutic benefits of using psychedelics.
1: Well, it seems like, you know, like anything, if it's not in the mainstream media, it doesn't get a lot of credibility out there. Um, and, of course, I my contention is mainstream media is manipulated by the same people who are manipulating uh, our government and and the pharmaceutical drugs, things like that. However, what are uh, and I think we can take a break here in a little minute, right? But what are what are and think about this? What are some of the top psychedelic drugs that you deal with through the, and, I, and we'll get into the integration process later on? What are some of the top psychedelic drugs that you've seen the most health care uh, results of? Uh, Haven't lived and it could be either it could be either uh, physical problems or it could be even mental or emotional depression things like that. What are some of the ones that you've seen so far? works the uh, best for the most
3: part i would say that would be magic mushrooms containing psil- psilocybin lsd certainly in there ayahuasca and we're seeing a lot of people clearing trauma and dealing with childhood trauma and adverse child events with 5-meo dmt which is basically an instantaneous
1: ego death mm. so um so depression Wh- which one would would do you think would serve that you know there's there's not a certain
3: psychedelic that treats a certain condition um Everyone acts differently, everyone reacts differently to different substances. So every one of the things that I just mentioned could be something that theoretically could treat depression. Okay. But psychedelics aren't a panacea. They don't always help with depression. On all the major studies that you see, you know, these studies are called psilocybin assisted therapy and MDMA assisted therapy. So in the clinical studies that we see, there's always a therapeutic component preparing people having a guided journey and then integrating or doing some sort of therapy afterwards. Hmm. So there's a lot more to it than just maybe taking some mushrooms. People can have transformational experiences with one mushroom journey and change internally. But a lot of times uh, the work is afterwards, which is where something like what I do integration coaching and where therapy comes in.
1: Right. Well, fascinating. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here, but when we get back, we'll pick up on some of these other ones like magic mushrooms. You said ecstasy as well. uh, And LSD. I thought that was chemically made. We'll find out if there's anything natural in LSD Uh, and then we'll uh, take it to the next level. We'll talk about what's the combination here Uh, uh, taking the drugs alone may help, may not help you. However, what about the integration process? What really brings it home so you could you know, have these experiences and move forward in whatever ailments you are suffering from, if that's even the case. Guys, we have Greg Lawrence here. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in 30 seconds. We're getting deep and deep and heavy into magic mushrooms. Come on. Come on the uh, little uh, the magic bus trip here with us, and we'll be talking about magic mushrooms and much more and how they actually microdosing may save your life one day. We'll be right back.
3: Bring to you a rare opportunity to experience
0: a dynamic healing in person with me I am here at batch where we are going to hold this event and it is going to be amazing during this two-hour group healing I am going to remove all those things that are holding you back in life and then I'm going to set your energy to be in alignment for achieving your goals I am a natural born energy healer and
3: psychic medium who has developed my gifts and magnified them over the past 25 years This is a rare opportunity, and space is limited. Hurry and get your tickets at the link below, because this event is sure to sell out. Get ready to go on a journey of transformation, and I will see you there.
1: All right, we are back live with Greg Lawrence. He's a psychedelic integration and transformational coach. And we're talking about magic mushrooms, guys. We're talking about LSD. We're talking about all these drugs that you heard your family, your parents were doing. And maybe, maybe you may know now why they were having those experiences. So, uh, Greg, it's amazing to me that, you know, the propaganda could really turn information, especially Schedule 1 drugs now, to a point where people are scared of it. Uh, and, and and they're not willing to experiment because of lack of information, lack of, you know, the, being supported by the drug pharmaceutical companies. However, we talked about some of the mag- like the items like magic mushrooms, the element that's inside that, LSD, that it literally can help solve some chronic illnesses. What are some of the illnesses that you've seen with the integration, some illnesses that were you know either resolved or completely uh, taken care of?
3: Well, we're t- mostly talking about mental health conditions, but okay. I regularly see people with OCD, anxiety, depression, some people with PTSD that's more difficult to treat. And then there are a lot of people who just have trouble connecting with others, people who may feel stuck in their lives, people who have some blocks that they're
1: dealing with. All right. So 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 more mental uh, issues that could really kind of shake things up a little bit by expanding consciousness, let's say, for whatever whatever reason, whatever means. So LSD, is is there an element of uh, is it all chemicals or is there anything natural in LSD?
3: LSD is derived from ergot, which is a fungus that grows on rye. In the 1930s, when uh, Albert Hoffman was working at Sandoz Pharmaceuticals, um, there was a project to find everything they could out about ergot. And one of the things that was uh, isolated from it was LSD. And at the time, it was thought there was no clinical use for it, and it was shelved. And some five years later, Albert Hoffman, who first synthesized it, um, took it out again, thinking there must be something to it, and accidentally got some on his skin, and discovered the psychoactive effects.
1: Wow! Just by that, and then and that's and that's history. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so, and same thing, of course, with magic mushrooms. You said it has what was that uh, compound in it? Psilocybin. Psilocybin. Okay. It's the active active psychoactive ingredient in magic mushrooms. Now, are pharmaceutical companies using these? Are they, I guess they can't because they're natural, and they would not be able to. Um, not be able to make money off it, right? So they're not using those ingredients, but they're synthesizing ingredients similar to that at all. Yeah, there is there is also a lot of being work
3: around, a lot of work being done around uh, developing compounds that don't have the psychoactive effects, but maybe have some effect on things like addiction. So ibogaine, for instance, or iboga, is used very effectively for the treatment of addiction of opioids, alcohol, et cetera. But it's a, it's a heavily psychoactive drug, um, heavily visionary drug. And what is that uh, called? It's called uh, Iboga. Is the inner root bark of the Tabernanthe Iboga bush, which grows in West Africa. Its uh, active compound is Ibogaine. Ibogaine is being used to treat addiction very successfully. It has you know, success rates anywhere from 50 to 80%, depending on who you listen to, with good aftercare.
1: No kidding. So people, with, least- al- people with alcoholism, uh, heroin, things, those type of heavy drugs like that, right?
3: Thing with heroin addiction, it's very successful at treating heroin addiction. And when someone's done with an aboga or ibogaine experience, they generally have little to no withdrawal symptoms and little to no desire to do the drug again.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, that's fascinating. I mean, that and that can be a whole new whole new, whole new uh, avenue for people when they're going to these drug rehabs, you know, and and AA groups, uh, you know, especially the ones that are severely uh, dependent on that.
3: Absolutely. People are going to Canada and Mexico right now where
1: these substances are legal. And they're not here in the United States. They're not in the United States. Anything no. Are they, are they com- upcoming or you think that's going to be shut down for a while? I don't see any
3: progress so far in Iboga or Ibogaine becoming legalized. There are no current studies being
1: done in the United States. God, what a scam. I, it just upsets me. You know, it upsets me that we have these potential solutions and nobody's exploring them because of other people in charge of our so uh we had some some points here uh, somebody said a magic mushrooms for they used magic mushrooms for depression and anxiety before using small doses and they said it helped uh, they might be talking about microdosing microdosing yes so let's, let's talk yeah. about microdosing what is that
3: microdosing is the use of sub perceptual amounts of psychedelic substances so there are no psychoactive effects there are no visual effects you know, don't feel trippy if anything, you just feel good, better, or not as bad, but okay. they are sub-perceptual. So in the case of mushrooms, you know, if you take a gram or more of mushrooms, you might have a trip, but we're talking about, you know, 50 to 100 milligrams, like a 10th to a 20th of that dose as a microdose. Okay. So people take this amount on a regular schedule and that's helped people with things like depression, mood stabilization, anxiety, um... You know, there's a lot of talk about people microdosing LSD in Silicon Valley for uh, focus and creativity.
1: Hmm. Well, uh, some, somebody said here, I think, Shannon said, so is microdosing just putting a Band-Aid on the actual problem uh, or is it, you know, could it be it's just like looks like, like a lot of antidepressant drugs? You know, hell, they tell you you may commit suicide <laughs> if you take them for so long. Right. So is it putting a Band-Aid on that or is it just something that you could, you could do for the rest of your life?
3: Oh, you don't even have to do it for the rest of your life. Some people microdose for a few weeks or a month. You know, Ayelet Waldman wrote a book called a very good day. She is, you know, a suburban mother who microdosed LSD for one month and it helped cure her depression.
1: No kidding. Results
3: vary for everyone. So someone, some people microdose off and on for months at a time. Some people microdose off and on for a year at a time. Some people do it on an ongoing basis, but the, The way that psychedelics work are different than the way that SSRIs or antidepressants work. So psychedelics help you to look at your problems and evaluate them, um, bring up the emotions that we all need to feel. Now, suppression of negative emotions is one of the things that's killing us as a society. Absolutely. Anxiety and OCD is just a natural uh, reaction to negative emotions we have, which is to put them away. Small traumatic events happen to us throughout our lives, especially in our childhood. Those are uncompleted emotions that are stored away in us, and our unwillingness to look at these things and deal with them are one of the things that causes such a high level of anxiety, why you see so much depression, why we see uh, mental health problems to a great extent in this country. Hmm. So psychedelics want us to look at those things, SSRIs, uh, antidepressants, while I think save some people's lives, dampen those emotions and keep us from looking
1: at them. That's critical information just shared, and I want to explore that just a little bit further because I think people need to understand how uh, pharmaceutical antidepressant drugs, you called it SSRIs, how they actually damper or doesn't doesn't promote your body or yourself to look at your problems where the psychedelic drugs actually brings up and lets you or motivates you to look at your problems. What's the science behind that? What's what's the medical – uh, dance going on there for one to be wanting you to look at your feelings, and the other one's wanting you not to feel.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know if there's anything that that uh, pharmaceuticals can do without using psychedelics. That you know, we are as a society, when we think of healthcare, we think of uh, putting a band aid on or kind of killing symptoms. So that's right. what antidepressants do; they get rid of the symptoms for us. Sometimes that's a good thing; they throw somebody a lifeline because they might not be able to deal with the condition that they have, and this will help them to uh, calm down and get into a state where they can get themselves some therapeutic coaching or whatever kind of help they might need, but sometimes end up just being a long-term Band-Aid. I am not anti-pharmaceuticals. Uh, I think they're probably overprescribed and sometimes misprescribed, but you know, in the psychedelic community especially, there's a lot of anti-pharmaceutical, anti-pharma, anti-antidepressants <laughs> and I've seen them be very helpful for some people. So I don't yes. discourage people from using those if they find them helpful.
1: Sure. Well, if, if the, maybe there's not science behind why one would make you look at your feelings, one may not may have you not look at your feelings. There may be science of it, but you're saying there's circumstantial evidence showing that where people who have perhaps been taking the well butrin and the pharmaceutical antidepressant drugs, are just suppressing their feelings at the end of the day. And then the people who are taking the psychotropic, um, psychedelic drugs, that uh, that they're seeing themselves embrace their feelings. You're, you're saying there's circumstantial evidence seeing that um, from your perspective? Yeah, there's actual
3: pharmacology behind that.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, can you share a little bit more information on the pharmacology behind that?
3: Well, I'm not a pharmacologist, okay. but I <laughs> can tell you that the two things operate in opposite directions. Okay. That's just right. how they're designed. I got you.
1: Well, that to me is, is a travesty. If that's the case, if what you're saying is true, and I don't have any reason why not to uh, doubt you, uh, uh, then this is our health medical system is upside down. I mean, our, the number one I consider problem in the world right now is that we're not addressing and dealing with our feelings. We are not looking and ex- letting ourselves experience our feelings, negative or positive, harmful or whatever it may be. We just numb out. And so that's, I think, across the board, probably the epidemic levels of what's going on in our society, why we are can have wars and so on down the line, uh, and we can hurt people. But, and, but here you're saying this type of uh, psychedelic drugs actually helps you look at your feelings.
3: Yeah, and this is why it can sometimes be difficult to do psychedelics. You
1: know, psychedelics
3: aren't for everyone. There are people with certain medical or psychological contraindications who shouldn't do psychedelics, people who are a little bit untethered from reality with certain psychological conditions shouldn't be further untethered by the psychedelic experience. It can leave them unstable. Right. People do certain drugs that don't work with certain psychedelics. That should always be examined. Um,
1: well, I, well, I, th- I think I think I think that's critical. What you're saying. You know, say something Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I was going to say but, you know, one of the reasons that it can be difficult to do psychedelics and why they're not for everyone is because they do want to show us the things that we're trying not to look at on a molecular <laughs>
1: basis. Okay. You now know,
3: therapy as yeah. a model brings the unconscious to the conscious. That's exactly what psychedelics do. They will bring up the thing that you've been trying not to look at for a long time and show it to you right in your face. Okay. And well, it's not always gentle. Okay.
1: Right. And I, I understand that. Is that because you're expanding your consciousness or expanding within your own consciousness of awareness? From the psychedelic drugs? It's because in order to
3: progress, in order for personal or spiritual development to happen, you have to look at these things. They're the things that are holding you back. So when something happens to us in childhood, let's take, for instance, you're two years old, you're in the grocery store with your mother, and you get separated from her, and suddenly there's a large man holding your hand, walking you around, saying, where is your mommy? You are absolutely terrified. That's a traumatic event to a child. So your mind steps in and says, okay, we're just going to shut this down right now so you don't have to feel it. And that's stuck inside of you. These things happen to us again and again in our lives. And there are things that happen to us that we didn't deal with at the time that we don't want to look at. They cause us to act in certain ways. So we develop coping mechanisms to help us deal with the fact that we've been hurt to keep us from being hurt again. Now, our subconscious mind is ingenious at helping us develop habits and patterns that keep us from being hurt again but it's not very smart when it comes to realizing that these things aren't helping us anymore. may even be counterproductive, but in order for those things to work, we have to sort of be blinded to them. I'll give you an analogy. Um, I read this somewhere and I can't remember where, but the analogy is that some of these traumatic things are like being hypnotized and being given a post-hypnotic suggestion. So a guy is hypnotized and the hypnotist tells him, when you wake up, every time I touch my tie, you're going to take off your coat. When I take my hand off of my tie, you'll put your coat back on. So he brings the guy back around. How are you? You feel okay? Yes. He touches his tie. And the guy says, so he has to take off his coat now because he's a human. He can't just do it for no reason. So his mind needs to make up a reason. So he says, you know, it's kind of hot in here. I want to take my coat off. And takes it off. Hypnotist it just takes the hand off the tie. And he says, now I've got to chill and put my coat back on. Touches his tie. It's weird. This coat used to fit, but now it's kind of tight. I'm just going to take it off for a while. This is what it's like having a traumatic event that puts a coping mechanism in place for you.
2: Right. So we have
3: to be sort of hypnotized and blinded to the reasons that we are doing things.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Once we realize that these things are happening, we're able to deal with this pain and see that it's not going to hurt us anymore. This blindness that we have as a result of being shut off from the reason we have this coping mechanism gets lifted. Then we can see things more clearly. We literally get to see more of reality as we progress and as we lift blocks off of ourselves.
1: And the psychedelic drugs is a amplifier for that experience.
3: Yeah. They'll actually try to show us the things that we've been trying not to look at in an attempt to help us get past it. Uh, These this, things are holding us back personally and spiritually.
1: This is why the, uh, which we'll talk about after this next break, why the integration is critical in con- in conjunction with the psychedelic drug experience. Because the integration is, what do you do now with this expanded consciousness? Now now that your abuse as a child, you're dealing with because it's there in front of your face. You're remembering it now. Now what do you do with it? So this is critical information, guys. Stay tuned. 30 seconds. We'll be right back. Greg Lawrence, Psychedelic Integration and Transformational Coach. Reach him. uh, What's the best way to reach you, Greg? Psychedelic. What's best? Uh, Oh, my website is psychedelic Dot specialist.com.com. Guys, check them out. This is gonna be fascinating show. Don't go anywhere, guys. We're gonna learn how we can really face face our reality. Maybe with a little help of a magic mushroom. Ooh, ooh thunk, right? We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Tim Ray, founder of the United Intentions Foundation, where we offer resources and programs to help others awaken to the power of their intentions. One of the ways we get this great message out is through our UI Media Network, which is a platform for people to share their stories and wisdom on air on how they live a life with intent.
0: 2020 is the year of clarity, so help us activate more programming and resources that provide you with the information and education you need to see things more clearly. Raise the frequency with UI Media Network.
1: We are so grateful to this incredible cast, paradigm shifters who are authentically changing this world on a global scale.
0: Go to UIMediaApp.com and donate today.
1: All right, we are back on the magic mushroom bus. Guys, we're talking to Greg Lawrence, psychedelic integration and transformational coach. I'm learning so much today. I mean... I just wish I knew about this when I was doing my psychedelic drugs back in the day, you know? I might have had a—maybe I could have, you know, maybe been a more healthier perspective on life. Although, I you know, it's funny I jest, but I, I had my experimentation when I was a teenager for the most part. Uh, and I have to say, I really did expand my mind, expand my reality into the—in fact— probably to the point where, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing today and speaking about what I'm doing today from from my expansion I had when I was a teenager. Uh, and I don't like to say that because, you know, people want everyone to be in the right state of mindset, but um, and it was uncontrollable. I mean, I was taking things. I didn't know what I was taking. You know, your friends say, hey, this is good. Try this. And, uh, you know, and there was no integration. You know, it was, it was compounded with maybe other drugs and alcohol and whatever it may be. So I wouldn't recommend that for anyone. But it seems like there's a um, – uh, there's a lo- logical, rational way of of having these experiences, and that word is integration. Want you explain what integration is?
3: Well, psychedelic integration is the process of taking your psychedelic experience and integrating it into your daily life. So sometimes you'll have an experience and you'll be transformed. People who you know have uh, psychedelic experiences and they'll suddenly make their bed every day. Some people join a gym and start meditating. Some people improve their relationships, but Far more often, some will have an experience, feel like everything has changed, and nothing will ever be the same again, and within a few weeks, find themselves back in the same old habits and patterns. Mm -hmm. So psychedelic integration uh, allows us to either be or do differently. By be differently, what I mean is that you might set better boundaries for yourself internally. You might evaluate certain relationships or situations in your life. By like doing differently, you might actually change your habits or patterns into more healthy ones. You may actually modify the way that you relate to or communicate with people in some way to make your life better. It requires us to make some change. Sometimes change happens as a result of a psychedelic experience, but sometimes we need to take advantage of the fact that there's a lot of neuroplasticity in the aftermath of most psychedelics. That means that there's very much more easily new neural pathways habits and ways of thinking can be developed as an integration coach um, I do a couple of different things I work with people before experiences and lately there are a lot of people who have no experience with psychedelics and they've read Michael Pollan's book or something and they want to know what the effects might be like we talk about uh, how to help them stay grounded and navigate deal with potentially unpleasant situations Sometimes there are people who have experience with psychedelics. They want to know how maybe they can go deeper, surrender a little bit more, how to get the most out of the experience. Then afterwards, there are a couple of different situations where I deal with people. Those might be people who are acute. They had a difficult experience um, and they don't understand what happened. They might be a little bit ungrounded. They might be having panic attacks or nervous, have, have trouble relating to people. And sometimes it's just people who want to figure out what was my lesson from this because psychedelics don't always make sense when they speak to us. Sometimes they can be cryptic. And what do I do with this experience moving forward? Well, As a coach, coach, my job is to help people translate that experience and then figure out what do you want to do from here to make a change in your life? What's the roadmap and what are the exact steps that you can take to do that?
1: Well, that's fascinating. So what does it look like? Uh, because you can't be inside his head if he's tripping, you know. Uh, uh, is it like a before or after? Oh, let me grab this. Uh, if, it's, if it's before or after um, that you would have that experience or, you, or you're there with them while they're going through the process and, and you're, you know, you're inside their head.
3: Well, integration doesn't require you to be there. So um, by having an idea of what's happened in the person's past, what's happening with them now, how those things might be connected, what they were thinking about or what they wanted when they went into the experience, and then hearing about what happened to them during the experience, how they reacted to it at the time, how they're reacting now and what happened to them in the aftermath. aftermath, Putting all those pieces together, you can kind of figure out what the message or theme was and work with the person to suss that out, and then figure out what kind of change they might want to make based on that. So there's no formula for it. You don't have to be there at the time. But there are clues in all of those things.
1: Well, um, fascinating. I think um, uh, this is. I people have to wake up and hear this information because there's a way that you. Most of us are denying our feelings and our reality. So if if there's a way that um, we could uh, uh, face our feelings, even our traumatic ones, like you said, PTSD, whatever these events were, using a microdose or a certain psychedelic drug to bring that out, and then. Well, I hear back, back feedback on that guy. Something's going on. So, um, and I, I, think, uh, I think that that's, that's when an issue comes. And before you know it, you know, you you have an opportunity now to really move forward in your life and let go all those things that have been suppressed and repressed in your life, right?
3: Yeah, and sometimes that's an ongoing process. You know, another thing is people want drastic results after a psychedelic experience. Some people want to know on in integration, how can I have that experience again, which you can't. That's a state of expanded awareness and consciousness that we can't have in waking life as normal humans, but you can take a piece of it, and that is the quietness, the peace, stillness that you might have had, the lack
1: of anxiety, the ability to just appreciate where you are in the moment. Fascinating. I, I just, I just think that's incredible. That process works like that. So, can anybody do this? Can any, can you in, integrate yourself? Can you do it on your own? Integration your own while you're having these experiences. <laughs>
3: Some people do integrate themselves, but that requires them to make and stick to certain changes. You know, I know people who, as I said, have experiences, uh, and then they joined a gym and started taking martial arts and started meditating. Um, But you have to do something. If you just think that you feel differently, so things will be different from now on, that's what we call the pink cloud. You know, there is a while. There's a time after the experience where you're still sort of in the afterglow, and there's still a little bit of the effect on you, and it might last for hours, days, or weeks for some people where it seems like you just have to be different. But if you're not doing or being different somehow, then you need to do something on your own It takes multiple conscious actions on your part.
1: Back to neuro-linguistic programming. You have to create a new pathway, and you might have created that pathway, but if it's not being walked on and moved down that road, it won't expand, Right. Yeah. You have to do something mindfully in order for that to change. Gotcha. Well, OK, this is fascinating. So with, with the help of integration, which is basically processing what your feelings and things are coming up in your life now that the psychedelic drug helped enhance and, and what to do with it, you know, whether it's uh, looking at this and, and, how, and not shaming yourself anymore or letting go. But you said this process helps people with OCD. How does it help with OCD?
3: Well, you know, OCD, like other mental health, comes from something in your past most of the time. There are chemical imbalances in some people, and then there are things that are caused by events in our past. Sometimes if you can look at those events from your past, certain things get better for you. So I personally have coached people, including one guy who had OCD, who could not let his wife load the dishwasher because he wasn't certain that it was done correctly. And he had to get up in the middle of the night and go check the dishwasher and rearrange it if necessary. After a mushroom journey and extensive integration, he actually can load the dishwasher incorrectly himself and run it now. So, again, it's not a panacea or a miracle cure, but, you know, baby steps. Progress, not perfection.
1: And, and he, 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 the integration part is he took the steps to go that – what were the steps that he took to go forward with that uh, other than just taking the drug?
3: Well, we had to talk through some of the things that had happened in his childhood, how they had made him feel and what he thought he was doing to keep himself from being hurt again. And make certain changes in his life, including the way that he reacted, he interacted with people around him. Mm, fascinating.
1: Um, okay, what uh, PTSD, OCD, depression, many other mental illnesses that this potentially could be helping with, especially when combined with the, the integration process. But What about side effects? I mean, you know, you hear about the LSD uh, you know, tripping where you could have what do they call that? You're tripping later on, flashbacks. You have flashbacks, flashbacks. and tripping. Um, what about side effects? Like people normally could get real brain damage from this. Well,
3: flashbacks from something like LSD or psilocybin are pretty rare in people who are psychologically healthy um, and healthy enough to do psychedelics. You know, there's a lot, there are a lot of anecdotal stories you hear about. Well, uh, first of all, one of the worst sources of information is a person on the Internet who knows somebody. <laughs> that insert story here. You know, it's a terrible source of information, but everybody knows somebody or knows somebody who knows somebody. A lot of the stories we hear about having to do with psychedelics came from people who shouldn't have been doing psychedelics in the first place. So there's a lot of myths saying things like psychedelics can make you schizophrenic. Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd is a good example. People said he started doing LSD and he went crazy. Well, Sid Barrett was mentally ill before he started taking so much LSD and his family was already concerned about him. He's one right. of the people who shouldn't have been doing psychedelics. Right. Flashbacks are something called HPPD. I forbid, forget the exact long name for that acronym. But those are things that will generally occur with someone who is not healthy enough to do psychedelics. Flashbacks are not a common thing that I see in the community when I'm dealing with people. Like all of a sudden, uh, I'm in the experience again, with the exception of something called five MEO DMT that has something called reactivation where you can just have the experience again. But a lot of the side effects we've heard about are, um, a little bit propaganda and a little bit urban.
1: Well, it sounds like, um, and so, so be it. But anything extreme—if you're taking LSD, heavy doses of LSD—there's always potential of negative effect that anybody can have. I, I, I like you know they say you can smoke as much marijuana as you want. There's no negative effect, but I think there is over, overall an addiction or whatever may happen for anything, whether it's natural or not natural. But are, are you? Do you see any major side effects from say DMT, ecstasy, any of these other uh, psych, psycho um, uh, psychedelic drugs that you have seen? What are the potential side effects, if any?
3: Well, before that, I'll just say yes. I think that's moderation in everything. Okay. And certainly if you're doing psychedelics all of the time, then you're doing them without a purpose and you keep going back to them. And that's possibly a result of not integrating. You're just having it because if you don't integrate, if you don't make some change, then you are having a one-time experience over and over again. And you keep going back to the experience. I'm not against people doing this recreationally or doing whatever they want to when they're under the influence of psychedelics. Viewing the world, another person's body, food, movie through the lens of a psychedelic is a great thing. And I have no problem with so-called recreational use. I prefer to call it celebratory. Um, But yes, everything in moderation. If you're not making some change and just keep going back to the experience, you're just doing that over and over again. Okay.
1: So microdosing, I'm going to call it microdosing would be the safer side of in reference to uh, eliminating or not, not having side effects to whatever may be going while you're integrating.
3: Yeah. I will back up and say the one side effect that sticks out, you mentioned ecstasy or MDMA. Yeah. MDMA used at certain levels at certain frequency can be neurotoxic. You know, this is why there were so many incidents in the clubs when people were using too much ecstasy. It's not a substance that should be used too often and you should be used very carefully in combination with certain other drugs okay
1: um we'll get to a question here but and we have a, we have a caller so we can take a call here but uh the question to be thinking about too is the um uh, how uh, we will get it to we'll get to folks here before we we finish the show how can people if it's illegal how can people actually get help using psychedelic drugs and integration process but caller what's your name
0: hey this is bill from
1: texas how y'all doing Hey, wow bill how you doing so you have hey, a, doing good. You have a question for our guest yeah, I today? Just,
0: I, I just wanted him. I, I love what everything Greg's saying. I, what, what I what I want to know if he could briefly touch on uh, the the effects as far as spirituality because I've heard him say that several times on the show, and I just I just haven't uh, heard him address it. So if he could talk about the spirituality effects real quick,
1: absolutely. I love that, and I'll
0: hang up and let him answer.
1: Oh, right, absolutely. Great question, Billy. Thanks. So uh, his question is spirituality. You hear all these times, you know, you go on this acid trip and you have seen God, right? Or Whatever it may be, uh, how does how, does it expanding consciousness bring you closer to your own spirituality? I believe that it does,
3: but you know, psychedelics, even as far as emotions, don't make us feel or experience anything that's not already in us. I believe that we're all spiritual beings, but depending on where you are on your path, you know, some people have the psychedelic experience. Let me back up and say there's an old saying that you don't always get the trip you want, but you get the trip that you need. (laughs) So a lot of people go into the psychedelic experience expecting to get a glimpse of God and be at one with the universe and feel like they're part of everything and everyone in it. Sometimes that doesn't happen because that's not what's supposed to happen for us in that moment. But certainly, even Ram Dass said, I had something to the effect, like I had no idea of God until I did psychedelics. So psychedelics can definitely bring you closer to your spirituality. And help you advance spiritually as well as personally.
1: Well, fascinating, Fa- fantastic summary on that. And and so people, I love that because people will, uh, you, like you said, you know, you don't you don't get the trip that you want, but you get the trip that you you need at that time. So it's almost as if you're taking these psychedelic drugs. It's it, the experience is almost in somebody else's hands. Um, I believe that
3: the psychedelic experience actually comes from us and happens for us. So it's not so much a substance plugging into us and making something happen. It brings up what needs to come up for us. You know, it's not a foreign thing. It's actually, I believe that there is a higher version of ourselves that's already somewhere that knows what we need to do in order to advance and evolve. Okay. Every once in a while, someone will make a decision. You just know it's the right thing to do immediately, no matter what. I think those are the times when that voice from your higher self is coming through. Psychedelics allow all of the noise from our past to quiet down so we can hear that voice a little bit more clearly.
1: Hmm fascinating so with with this experience people have uh and you know it, and this is all natural this is like these elements are i assume are found in our body in our brain like what uh, what dmt you got uh what's in like these bir- the, the birch trees you were saying earlier are they also elements compounds are found in our body or no
3: no not all of them there is you know there's certainly NN DMT within our body it's an a substance but not all of them no
1: okay All right, well, with that being said, we're going to take one more quick break, guys, Uh, and then we get into how can you, if you want to experience the microdosing or if you want to experience psychedelic drugs, in a uh, in more of a clinical more of a, uh, a clinical way, you know, uh, helping yourself, whatever issues you may have mentally, um, and and experiences you've had in the past, how can you do that with an integration process here in the United States where it's considered illegal, guys? That question will be answered by Greg Lawrence. He's a psychedelic integration and transformational coach. I'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Only got a few minutes left here, so we're gonna want to hear the rest of this story. Stay
0: tuned. Hey, folks, this is Timo, host of my show, One World, on the UI Media Network. As a successful producer and comedian, I took a break to find my truer self. After three years, I regained my higher consciousness and began sharing it with the world as an evolved being. And now, now, with my new show, One World, I bring on thought-provoking guests to discuss challenges and solutions facing minorities in today's world. Watch my show every other Friday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on UIMediaApp.com, WDJY 99.1FM. WTTA 101.2 FM, Facebook Live, Spreaker, and on almost all your favorite podcasting platforms as UI Media Network. Remember to visit my website also, cupidsarrowfoundation.com, for more enlightening information. I hope you're ready to elevate your mind and expand your consciousness with me, Timo, and One World.
1: We are back with Greg Lawrence, Psychedelic Integration and Transformational Coach. You can reach him at psychedelicintegrationspecialist.com. Check it out. Fascinating information. Uh, A brilliant expert, I would say, at this process here. Uh, He's he's located in L.A. If you want to go check him out there as well. So, Greg, we left off on, this is fascinating. You know, this is a whole new world. Uh, This is all natural. Uh, Everything has to be done in, um, you know, moderation. Uh, Even microdosing may be a potential solution. The side effects, to my understanding, unless you want to add to that, are minimal, if any. You're right.
3: Well, I just want to, I should say, when you're talking about side effects of things like psilocybin, psilocybin, first of all, is one of the safest drugs that you can do. And that's found found
1: in magic mushrooms.
3: Yeah, that's in magic mushrooms. So there are less 911 calls and emergency room visits for magic mushrooms than there are for cannabis, actually. One of the safest (laughs) substances you can do. Wow. Uh, you have to be safe when you're doing psychedelics and make sure you're in the right container. But there are certain psychedelics, you know, ayahuasca, uh, iboga, uh, the DMTs, 5-MeO-DMT. Some of these are very powerful substances that can have serious side effects if they're not administered correctly, if they're not done in the right container, um, if you're not prepared for them. And drugs like Eboga are extremely hard on the body. Those are ones where you have to have an EKG and liver panel before it's even administered to you because it's so hard on the heart. Wow. There is some speculation that long-term microdosing without breaks might have some cardiac effect, but that's not been proven yet. There's very little research into a lot of the physical effects of psychedelics, but, of course, that's something that's ongoing.
1: Right. Well, fascinating. It definitely sounds like it needs to be explored, whether it can or cannot be here in the States for now. Sounds like there's a, at least a case that it should. Uh, so with the DMT, like you said, I, I, my, you know, the ayahuasca itself, I, I'm hesitant because the, one of the side effects is vomiting. I don't like to vomit. You know, that turns me off right then and there. Everyone says you're going to be vomiting. I'm like, why do I want to go somewhere and have to vomit all day long? You know, I mean, that, to me, that's not fun. You know?
3: You know, when I say psychedelics aren't for everyone, it's not <laughs> just because medical, psychological. Some people don't want to do psychedelics, you yeah. know, no matter what the effects are. If I knew you and you had some problems and then I saw you'd completely transformed your life and I said, I need to do that. Tim, how'd you do that? And you said running double marathons. I'd say, well, good luck with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm probably not going to be out training the next morning. So psychedelics
1: aren't for everyone. Right, right. Okay, fair enough. Um, so what do we do? We say we want to try this out. Uh, what can we do? Can we, can we get uh, therapy here and integration and start doing psych- psychedelic drugs here in the States?
3: Well, you know, in a couple of years, it might be possible to have MDMA prescribed to you as a treatment for PTSD. But even if and when that happens, it's going to be very expensive, somewhere on the order of fifteen, twenty thousand dollars for a course of treatment. Now, now it's, now it's like, what
1: ten bucks. Yeah, now
3: it's you know, like twenty dollars <laughs> for MDMA. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, in all fairness, there are going to be uh, there. You know, that's there's a, a very heavy therapeutic component to that before and afterwards. You know, three three different journeys extensive therapy preparation before therapy afterwards for both things. But right now as a psychedelic integration coach, I can't advise people on where to take get these substances or that they should do them. But I believe that people have should have access to information that allows them to do so safely and responsibly. And I have every right to counsel people before they do these and talk to them afterwards. So I'm happy to do that. So How they, they go about doing it is I understand that there's probably some mushrooms around the United States somewhere that, People can get up and do the right people, but I can't tell you for sure.
1: Um, uh, I mean, so basically we got to, if we're going to want this experience here in the United States, we're gonna to have to do it illegally. We're gonna to have to do it uh, in you know, outside of, outside of the public.
3: Yeah, for now. There is a large movement foot right now to decriminalize. For instance in Denver, uh, they decriminalize magic mushrooms. There is a valid initiative in Portland to do the same thing. Oakland, the city of Oakland, decriminalized basically plant medicine. Uh, hold, so, hold,
1: hold on one second. Uh, guys, we're yeah. signing off on our FM listeners. If you want to catch us, go to the app.com or our Facebook. You can listen there, but uh, we're going to stay over a little bit, since so we started a little bit late today with Greg Lawrence. So catch us there. So, again, uh, Greg, what you finish your, your sentence there.
3: Yeah, so for now, you know, there is a, a move afoot to decriminalize a lot of these substances, but so far not a lot of legalization. There's a lot of debate around that, too. Sometimes legalization means legalizing under the medical model in which case like with mdma it's not legal for me to get mdma now it's legal for someone to charge me for and prescribe it to me
1: yeah god it's such a scam on that level i just it it, it bothers me because now you're right now you'll get treatment for dmt whatever it is and it's going to cost hundreds or tens of thousands of dollars where it could have cost you know twenty dollars all because yeah. somebody's trying to make money off your own health care Uh, which is, you know, I guess that's where we are in our society as of now. But you seem to have incredible amount of experience. uh, And I assume that's not all just clinically watching other people have this experience.
3: Uh, I've actually taken psychedelics myself before. (laughs)
1: Okay. All right. So (laughs) you know,
3: six years ago, I was a very different person. All right. You know, um, I had my life basically turned upside down about six years ago. I was dealing with grief. I realized I had a lot of childhood trauma I hadn't dealt with. Um, You know, I used psychedelics in my late teens up through my, you know, mid-20s. And then I got mixed up with really hard drugs. and I just walked away from all of it. I smoked cannabis, but I did no psychedelics or no other drugs for, you know, 30 years after that. My life was kind of turned upside down. I had to deal with childhood trauma and a loss that I'd had. So I went to a therapist. I went to a coach. And I think at the time what happened was I was trying to quit smoking cigarettes. I smoked at the time. My coach said, I heard psilocybin helps with that. So I got some, and I did it, and um, I kept smoking, but I had profound effects from that journey, and then I discovered the process of integration, and I discovered that I could actually make productive changes myself after these experiences and hang on to them, and it really accelerated my personal and spiritual growth. I then found a group called uh, Psychedelia, where I started attending psychedelic integration circles. They asked me if I wanted to start facilitating those circles, which I still do to to this day in two different locations. And then after that, I became a psychedelic integration coach. You know, I became good at integration. I've always been good at working with people. I became certified. I studied NLP. I studied uh, psychology uh, and became a coach.
1: Fascinating. So you have these psychedelic uh, circles right now in LA where you are. People can come see you and hang out in the circle. All right. What do you do in the circle?
3: (laughs) Uh, Psychedelic integration circles are really community gatherings where People come in and ask questions. They'll be doing research. There'll be new people. People share their experiences and ask for advice from other people. That's kind of a community, too. Oh, well, So we do this I, in Santa Monica.
1: I, 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 okay. I thought you like you doing mush like one circle's for mu- magic mushrooms, the other circle's for DMT. No, it's just. No, they're all,
3: they're all for people talking about the psychedelic experience in general. All right. I
1: may not come to that circle now, but you know, let me know when you have a mushroom circle. I think I'll, <laughs> I'll try that one <laughs> yeah, without hesitation.
3: I'll, I'll put, put you on that mailing list.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's fascinating. Uh, it sounds like you have that going on. And plus, uh, you have an event coming up, I believe, uh, on, uh, in January 17th, don't you?
3: Yeah, at uh, Liberate Hollywood in Hollywood, I'm going to be giving a talk on the guided psychedelic experience. So that's going to be about the so-called therapeutic experience. So there's a big difference between taking mushrooms at a party and taking mushrooms and putting on eye shades and headphones with a playlist. Internal experience, completely different. I call it the therapeutic experience. This is about that experience working with an underground guide and what that's like, what to expect, what to look for, what kind of questions to ask, what kind of precautions you should take. What the experience might be like. Fascinating. And of course, we'll touch on integration at the same
1: time. And if people want to privately contact you to ask you these off air questions, you know, like, well, I got these magic mushrooms, um, you, p- people, people can reach you at your website, psychedelic uh, integrationspecialist.com, right?
3: Yeah, they can always get me at Greg at psychedelic integrationspecialist.com. Okay. On uh, Facebook, I'm psychedelic integration specialist. And uh, later on in January, I'm going to start having online integration circles, so we'll be able to reach out to people outside of the Los Angeles area.
1: Smart. I was just going to say that maybe with your event or your circles, you could have some type of uh, um, uh, you know live streaming, you know, going on.
3: Yeah, there's there's a concern there because of privacy, because some uh, people don't want people yeah, to know they're event yeah. has to do with psychedelics so we're going to yeah. start doing them online so people can call in via zoom probably
1: uh, and be anonymous if they want sure i got you well fascinating so If they follow my facebook page you'll see that announced soon sure well greg listen i have to say this i does not identify what i expected and it's um my mind's blown in a very good way uh good. I, mean, I learned i learned <laughs> right i learned so much honestly about uh the effects of because i'm all these days about going into my feelings rather than avoiding feelings and i think this potentially, uh, microdosing or whatever it may be, may, ha- may have some legs where people could literally, if they truly want to start dealing with what their issues are today, this may be a great avenue to go. And people like you, experts out there, are uh, there to assist in that process. So I want to thank you so much for everything that you're doing.
3: Thanks for having me, Tim. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, Absolutely. Guys, check them out. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, we have Awake in Atlanta. We'll be talking about racism. Race and Divide and Conquer, uh, as well as our new show coming up on the 30th, The Meza Live with Jacqueline Grund, all about uh, reviews you can use. You're going to appreciate that. So, you guys, hope you enjoyed the show and uh, much more. We'll be doing the Good Intention Show, I think, on Wednesdays. We're slowing down a little bit, trying to give me a little of a break. They're killing me here. I don't have to tell you. So, uh, enjoy that. And until then, see you
2: in the morning. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The Good Intention Show. On the UI Radio Network, the Good Intentions Show is sponsored by the United Intentions Foundation at unitedintentions.org. Look for us on Blog Talk, Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and many more. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram under United Intentions, and on Twitter at Higher Intention. Be sure to log on to unitedintentions.org, a virtual community where you learn to create, track, and manifest your passions one intention at a time. Have a wonderful day, and until next time, live life with intent. The United Intentions Foundation and its associates take no responsibility for the opinions and statements made by the talk show hosts or their guests.
3: 18- plus.